That's why I said knowing who we are in Christ, we wear a different countenance. Mm-hmm. Hebrews says, don't throw away your confidence. It'll be richly rewarded. And yet when we do, because we're looking for our identity and approval and affection from somebody else, it becomes obvious by our countenance that we are easily manipulated. Hi everyone, I want to welcome you to the Single Momcast brought to you by Rise Single Moms. I am Pam Keneally, co-founder, and Mel Hyatt is with me today. Hi, Mel. Hi, Pam. We are super excited about what we're going to share today. And you know what? Um, Mental wellness and mental health is such a big deal today in so many ways, and it has so many avenues and so many categories to it. But today's, uh, Mel, you probably would agree with me that uh, we have never seen a more need for this podcast with the single moms and women we deal with in this particular topic on setting boundaries. And I, I might say we, you know, we've been doing a rise for over 20 years, but I have never seen the need greater than women to learn how to protect themselves, to feel safe in their own skin, how to make that happen when they're around toxic people or whatever. And so today we have, I really consider an expert with us, uh, Christy Johnson is with us. Christy, welcome. Thank you, Pam. Good to be here. Yes. So she's going to tell us all about boundaries, things I don't know and things I want to know. So we're going to just be excited to, to talk about that and share that. So Welcome, Christy. We're glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here, I Pam. know you are. Well, listen, what would you like our listeners to know about you today that maybe they don't know? Oh, wow, that's a loaded question, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> um, after an abusive marriage, God taught me how to forgive through multiple offenses, and he taught me how to set boundaries, and it set me free. And out of that journey of an abusive marriage... God healed my brokenness, and now my greatest joy is to show other women how to find their own freedom in Christ. I love that. There's that's just so much to that. There's mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, to I'm that. taking I'm taking notes. Okay, today. we're gonna <laughs> we are gonna take notes. But Christy has so much to share about what this looks like. So let's just start. Let's just start right here, Christy. Um, what what is a boundary, and what kind of relationships do we need boundaries for? We need boundaries for every kind of relationship. And so often women think that in a marriage or a romantic relationship that we don't need boundaries because the other person loves us. But when we're emotionally involved in a relationship, we need to guard our heart. And it's important to have boundaries in, in our, with our family members, with our children, with our parents, with our colleagues, with church, family, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. romantic relationships. So I don't think there's any relationships that we don't need boundaries for. But the most important person that we need to have boundaries with is ourselves. Yeah. If mm-hmm. we can't set boundaries with ourselves, it's going to be really hard to set them with anyone else. And I think one of the prerequisites for setting boundaries is knowing who we are in Christ. If we don't know our value and our worth, and if we don't feel truly loved by God, we're going to cave when it comes to boundaries. We'll backpedal when the pressure comes. We won't be consistent with them. So we've got to learn how to self-govern and 
set healthy boundaries with ourselves. I love that. I often think of a boundary as an a imaginary, invisible line that needs to be there for, for wisdom and for protection's sake, for physical space, sometimes for your own feelings, sometimes for responsibilities you have, mm-hmm. that there you need to be, I guess, kind of people smart a little bit about what's healthy for you. And so mm-hmm. I love what you said about, about what we need boundaries for. So that was really good. Um, can you tell us just why we need boundaries before we get to some of the other questions? I mean, I know, I mean, why do we need them? Why can't we just love on everybody? Because typically when people trespass against us, anger comes. And when anger, when we nurture that anger and hold a grudge, then bitterness grows. And it's toxic to us. Like our body stores our emotions. The body keeps the score. And if people, you know, women often say, I just feel like everyone takes advantage of me or I'm just like a doormat. Everybody walks all over me. The end result of that is that we're going to feel so embittered and and eventually that bitterness grows to the point where we're so full of anger. So, you know, scripture says to guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. And if we don't guard our heart, we may as well be wearing a sign that says, hello, walk all over me, take (laughs) advantage of me. I'm a people pleaser. You can do whatever you want and I won't say anything. Yeah, we probably. (laughs) And and people, I feel like, can see that sign, whether you put it on your forehead or not. Or we're attracted to people that, you know what I'm saying? Like when we're in that hurting space, I think when I look back at this point in my life, I've become grateful for the things that I went through. And one of the most beneficial things that I learned through going through a divorce and working in the church and different things is that I really soaked up this boundary idea mm-hmm. because I wasn't raised to have any or and my mom didn't have any. And I just remember the Lord giving me this mental picture that really everything has boundaries. We put things in the fridge in certain places. We park our cars in certain places. And so he had given me this picture because I had been working really hard on my lawn. It was one of the things I could kind of control, not really living in Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. but we try. And I remember him giving me this picture of if I take my car that I enjoy, that is a good car, and I constantly park it on the grass, that the grass is not going to grow. And there's going to be these, I like saw these drive marks in my yard, if you will. And the Lord was speaking to me of that when you allow people and things and places that they're not supposed to be, then I can't grow you the way you're supposed to. Mm. And I just, every time now I hear the word boundary, I think of that mental picture he gave me. Wow. I know. And then I told my 16 year old, you're getting too close to the grass. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord told me (laughs) to not let know, but I think he just was really being loving to me in that moment because I was focusing on something. And so every time I hear that word, I think of that. I love that. And you know, when moms, I'm thinking about you and how Christy, it it was so great when she said, hello, I'm a people pleaser. Take advantage of me. You know, (laughs) that uh, we all understand what that looks like, but boundaries somehow invisibly tell other people how they should treat you. Mm-hmm. So without you realizing it, you're putting up a safety fence around yourself. And absolutely, and you, kind of that, you know, every manipulator chooses an enabler as their dance partner. Mm-hmm. And so much of what we communicate is nonverbal. Psychologists say that 93 percent of what we communicate is nonverbal. So our body language, our gestures, our our tone of voice, our eye contact all communicate to someone who's manipulative 
that we can be easily persuaded or controlled. So that's why I said knowing who we are in Christ, we wear a different countenance. Mm -hmm. Hebrews says, don't throw away your confidence. It'll be richly rewarded. And yet when we do, because we're looking for our identity and approval and affection from somebody else, it becomes obvious by our countenance that we are easily manipulated. Okay, I didn't. I love that. We didn't prepare you for this question, but I have a thought, um, and I mean this in a loving way. But children are really great manipulators. <laughs> um, I mean, they are. Even babies, they know if I cry, she's coming. Yeah. Um, our children see that, right? And like, not only are we teaching them boundaries, but we're teaching them how to treat people that have them and don't. So. As a mom, as a single mom, this is even more heightened than if we were talking to some young women in college. Right. It's important to set boundaries at home. And I often tell women, especially women that are in a toxic romantic relationship, it might be hard for them to start with their partner setting boundaries. I'm like, start with your children. Mm -hmm. You have authority over your children. And if you are consistently not enforcing consequences, you're teaching your children that you don't mean what you say. But you're also training them to not set healthy boundaries. Yeah. I mm. do. That's good. There's a lot on the line, There Pam. is a lot. There is a lot. <laughs> Chrissy, you said that it's important to pay attention to actions rather than words. Uh, explain that to us. And then can we go a little bit further and talk about does that make us judgmental or does that make us wise? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. I think you wrote it. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll take credit. Uh, so many women think that it's wrong to judge somebody's actions. But what did Jesus say? By their fruit, you'll know right. them. Yeah. Even when it comes to, let's say a woman is working on restoration in a relationship um, and her husband is giving all these wonderful apologies that are verbal. Does he bear fruit in keeping with repentance? In other words, what kind of do his actions validate his words? And that takes time to notice, especially without any kind of adversity or disagreement. It's hard to evaluate whether his apology is sincere. But let's say you're meeting someone new. And because we all present well in the beginning, we all put our best foot forward. But in a new relationship, if a woman is not evaluating character, remember what I said earlier about only 7% of what we say represents who we are. So she needs to watch his actions. She needs to put her emotions aside until she can evaluate his character under the under pressure. Like, does she ever share her own opinion or is she always agreeing with him? Mm -hmm. She's never going to have a chance to see, is he... Um, kind in regards to a, someone that has a different opinion or does he talk over her does he dismiss her opinion so all of these are indicators of what his true personality and character is so it's important to really be cautious proverbs says a wise person is cautious in friendship so that caution and discernment if we get emotionally involved before we've really had a chance to evaluate character we're going to make unwise choices. I also think this is not about 
dating, or maybe it is, I don't know. But I also think this is a good reason why moms should wait a little bit before they introduce their kids to this person, because kids can have such a desire or, you know, if your kid falls in love with that person or becomes attached to that person, it's going to, I remember thinking, I need to build my own image of this person before anyone else speaks into it. Mm, that's good. Um, even kind of my friends, because I think my friends and my family, you know, they want you to be happy and have all these things that you want. And I just was pretty private, even with my children um, in the beginning when I was dating, because I just was really trying to size this man up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So are you saying that you don't want to introduce him to your friends in the beginning? Um, I had one friend, well, uh, to be fair, the person I am now married to, we had like 87 mutual friends. So I already knew what they thought of him and I knew who he was secretly, but I didn't want, I had a couple of friends who really would just have like found a man on the side of the street and been like, Mel, marry this guy. He's so great for you. I just didn't want people to take their desire for me to fulfill my desires and cloud my judgment because I had been single a really long time. Mm -hmm. So the moment I told anyone I was dating someone, they were just, oh my gosh, I can't wait to meet him. Marry this is going to be incredible. Him. Oh, he's so great. Oh, mm -hmm. he's loves the Lord. Oh my gosh, he's perfect for you. And I'm like, you don't know that. I don't know how he treats the person at Chick-fil-A when they bring us the wrong order. Or right. you know, So that I was saying that and that I waited. And I think it's wise to wait a little bit because if your kids fall in love with somebody it's really hard not to fall in love with them as well. I mean, the greatest gift you can give me is loving my kids. Right. And so mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm going down a rabbit trail here and maybe you're, mm -hmm. are you analyzed? I yeah. think Chrissy, let's move on. I can see you looking at me, but I just, I wasn't secretive, <laughs> but I was protective and private in the very beginning while I, and I'm, I'm talking two or three dates where I was, I had a really good friend who knew everything, but I was not sharing things publicly. Right. I think it's wise not to introduce a new partner or a date to your children, but can I challenge your Absolutely perspective you can. on friendships? Yeah. Um, back in the day, uh, we always had chaperones, you know, this was a long time ago. Um, a man would come courting to a woman's house yeah. because family knows you best. And they can see things that you might be oblivious to because yes, we all have absolutely. blind spots. So I think it's important to surround ourselves with wise people that are going to notice things about a prospective dating partner that we don't notice um, and to allow ourselves to entertain their feedback. Yes. Um, so, you know, if we're dating somebody, typically it's just the two of us. And we won't notice certain things that, mm -hmm. so I, I encourage women to go out on group dates or invite them around their friends and family because you want to see how they interact in a yeah. crowd. And you yeah. won't be able to see that if it's just you and him. Absolutely. No. And your advice is so great. I think I just took a very small, I'm feeling like I'm not, <laughs> I took a small amount of a season. Also, I had a really public job. Um, and I think I'm thinking more of posting things yes. and allowing, right. You know, I have a close circle and my close circle knew everything, but then there is this like, okay, do we go to this part, this birthday party together? Do we go to this wedding together? And that I was really, I got protective you. Yes. Cause over. she had a very yeah. public job. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. I had friends who 
Sure. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a friend that was at a restaurant when I was having a date and she was close by listening. <laughs> so, yes, we had scouts out there, Christy, but I just and, you know, you just have to know you. And I knew that I really deeply cared about the people that loved me and their opinion. And I didn't want their enthusiasm to give me some false sense. Right. I do love that. Some women that are really vulnerable for a romantic relationship, though, if they are drawn to someone who's manipulative, they will do all this love bombing, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) looks very romantic and feels so good and captivating. And, oh, my gosh, this person's so into me. And a lot of times those men that are seeking to control will isolate them from family members so that they can Mm -hmm. be their only source of influence so they can later control them. And that is a dangerous place. So if a man is giving you all this attention, texting you all the time, calling you all the time, it can feel so wonderful, Mm -hmm. but it's also a red flag. Right. And when your friend tells you it is, believe Mm -hmm. her. Yes. It can be a a narcissist red flag, actually. Right. Yes. You know what? I want to ask you this, uh, Christy, about about single moms that, that just that or anybody that can be so vulnerable to this, but what makes a person vulnerable to others who will ignore their boundaries? So, you know, what makes them vulnerable? Always saying yes, saying yes to everything, being too agreeable, not having their own opinion, um, just carrying a passive spirit. You know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear or passivity or timidity. But someone who maybe their countenance is very downtrodden or they're um, maybe always talking about themselves and needing reassurance. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell a lot about the way someone carries themselves and how confident they are. But if somebody is a people pleaser looking for approval all the time, that is an indication that they are insecure and needing a lot of validation and Someone who's controlling will just take advantage. Oh, of you. yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you this real quick. You know, you talked about your identity in Christ, and I'm, I just want you to explain to women what that is because often when women sacrifice their identity, they will remove the boundaries. So can you just tell women what does it mean when you talk about having an identity in mm. Christ? I just, just, and I know that's a whole nother podcast. Just, just, <laughs> just, you know, just what is that? I think a lot of it begins with our self-talk. And so many times women will murmur to themselves, oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm so stupid. Mm-hmm. Or I am so unworthy or I'm not good enough. That is like probably the number one lie that the enemy just um, keeps telling women all the time but if we think it and we don't renew our mind and remind ourselves who we are in Christ then we're going to seek that validation and approval from other people to compensate for that lack of identity so that self-governing in our thought life is so important for women to say I know who I am in Christ this is what the word says I am cherished God sings over me he wants the best for me he's got great plans for me, that I am worthy. I'm his princess. I am, you know, and scripture says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Hmm. So it doesn't say he who finds a woman finds a good thing. So we're a wife before we get married. We are a wife to the Lord Lord. Mm -hmm. and knowing who he's called us to be, that's 
the best way that we can really strengthen our identity mm-hmm. is to remind ourselves who we are and whose we are. Yes. Oh, and Christy, that our, that so our circumstances did, do not change the way that he sees us. Correct. The I, things that we've done or people have done to us that didn't change his mind. You're yes. still right. that I, same person. I, right. I do love that. Thank you so much for clearing that. It just... Single mom, if you are listening today and you question your own identity, your own worth, your own value, you know, whether you have something significant to say because of where you are in life, you need to to know what Christy said, that God values you. And perhaps that's an area you need to dive into. Maybe that's why God brought you to this mm-hmm. podcast today. It's so valuable to mm-hmm. know that. Thank you, Christy. I loved your explanation. Um, I want to add a question real quick here. And I know we could talk about this in a whole nother podcast, (laughs) but can you just tell us some ways to set boundaries? How do we have a mom listening that's Mm -hmm. saying, okay, everything she was talking about, about a people pleaser and not interrupting, not wanting to say yes, not wanting to give my opinion because I look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Can you tell her some ways to set boundaries as she begins this process? Sure. I think it's really important, first of all, to recognize what angers us. If something angers us, it needs a boundary. And you may grow to the point where that no longer frustrates you. But right now, it's those little things that happen over and over and over that we need to start saying, I'm going to I'm going to set a boundary. And so the best way to do it is not to tell the other person we need to talk because that will immediately put up a defensive reaction in the other person. So wait for a time of peace. But you have to decide ahead of time, if the other person has repeatedly violated your boundaries, it's going to need a consequence. So just telling somebody what you want that is repeatedly violating your boundaries is not enough. We have to enforce it when they trespass against you. So in a time of peace, you might affirm them, you know, especially like if you're married, you might say, I'm so glad you're willing to listen to some of the things I'm concerned about. So you uh, disarm your partner so that they are relaxed and they don't feel attacked. And use I statements as much as you can. Like when you did, you know, when you were late for dinner last night, it made me feel very disrespected and taken advantage of. And then state what you want. That's so important to state what you want. What I'd like for you to do, and to be specific, you know, really nail down, I'd like for you to call me 30 minutes ahead of time if you're going to be late so I can delay dinner. And then if it's something that happens over and over, it needs a consequence. You know, if you don't, then I will blank. And you've got to figure out what is a consequence that you're willing to carry out. Because if you state a consequence and you backpedal because of guilt or pressure or accusations or shame or whatever, you're just going to teach the other person you don't mean what you say. So Mm -hmm. coming up with a consequence is not punitive. The consequence is not to teach the other person a lesson or to get even. It's to guard your heart. So... You hope that the other person will be motivated by the consequence to honor your request, but the main reason is to guard your heart. So you might say something like, you know, if you don't call me ahead of time, then I'm going to have dinner and yours will be in the fridge when you get home. You'll have to eat by yourself or, you know, whatever the consequence is that you think is something that will help you guard your heart. Mm -hmm. And then... Usually every time we set a boundary with a consequence, there's going to be the accusations or the pushback. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to be prepared to 
not backpedal or not cower because we're, we feel guilty and we have to enforce the consequence. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I tell women, set a boundary that you know is going to be disrespected so that you will carry out the consequence so you can start teaching your partner, oh, she means what she says. Mm-hmm. And then that will also give you confidence knowing that, okay, the next boundary might be a little more difficult, but this is so I can guard my heart. Well, right. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you if it's if if it's okay to have consequences or is it necessary to have consequences with your boundaries because sometimes we almost want to believe that boundaries are this private thing. Oh, I have these boundaries right. and that we don't and then and then isn't that when we get in a complicated situation where I had expectations or boundaries and you didn't know about them and now I'm frustrated or annoyed. So it's okay for us to verbalize. I'm reiterating this because I was going to ask you this. It's okay for us to verbalize our boundaries and then to also have consequences. Absolutely. Let me just take this a bit further. How do we make sure that then we don't become in, let's say in the dating world or even in a friend world, a mom to that person? You know what I mean? Like we're trying to teach them something? Yeah, you know, is that like a, a funny place to be where we're, you know, I had a boundary and now I'm, I have these consequences and I'm going to make sure that I make you better? Or I don't know, I feel like that can get into a little dirty cycle. Yeah, I think it, I think it's all about the motive, Okay. right? If yeah. your motivation is to get even or teach someone a lesson, it comes across a whole lot different than, exactly. I mean, if a police officer pulls you over and says, I'm going to give you a $5 ticket. Are you going to be very motivated to <laughs> honor the speed limit? No, but I would be very grateful. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, it was 200 last time. And yeah. there is time for grace. Right, right. But when we exercise grace 100% of the time, we are allowing people to trespass against us. Isaiah says, oh, this is, this is shocking. It says, and you made your back like the ground, like a street to be walked over. Mm. Whoa. Nobody else yeah. can take advantage of us unless we continue to allow it. Yeah. And I would say to to people, if if it's not grace, if it hurts somebody, and that's even you. Like yes. if I'm giving you grace and that's causing me pain, then that's not grace. Exactly. So grace doesn't cause pain. So. Right. Exactly. That's, that's so good. Yeah. That, that is good, Mel. <laughs> you know, but, you know I've, I've been wondering about the difference between charm, being charming, you know, in your setting boundaries and being charismatic. And so is there a difference? What is the difference in those two things? And well, what what is that? Yeah. So charm is deceitful, right? And charisma is a gift given by God to men for a certain influence, for a kingdom objective. Hmm. So you think about Esther. She had a kingdom objective to save her people. And the way she went about making sure that um, the king heard her request may have looked manipulative, But charm is very manipulative, but I don't know, I'm trying to explain this quickly because I know we're kind of running out of time, but charm and charisma both look the same on the outside, but one has an evil intent or a selfish ambition, Mm -hmm. whereas charisma is a gift that God's given for influence, for a kingdom accomplishment, even if it's a reconciliation in a marital relationship or, Mm -hmm. um, but charm is all about my own agenda. Mm -hmm. And so they can both look very manipulative, but think about Queen Esther. She, she waited on the right timing Mm -hmm. to approach the king. Well, first she prayed Mm -hmm. and she waited on the right timing. And even when he said, whatever it is up to half of my kingdom, she discerned this wasn't the right time to make her request. So she said, let me throw you a banquet. 
she wanted to create an atmosphere where the king would be relaxed enough to listen to her request. And she knew that the atmosphere surrounding the request was really important. Yes. Now, that can look very manipulative, but it wasn't her motivation to manipulate. It was she had a nation to save. Right. So in treating the other person, that's not a word that we use in our culture very much. And it it can look manipulative, but what's the motivation behind it? And so when women meet somebody new and he's very charming and full of charisma, it's important to evaluate what's underneath. Is there character underneath that charm or is it selfish ambition? Right. And that takes time. Yes. That's why time is so important. And go through... I just was, my son is, Christy, you can pray for me. My son is 20, and he's in a 20-year-old serious relationship. Um, But I always tell him, I want you to go through every season, and I want you to go through something good and bad with her before you even make a decision. Yes. Um, Because time just brings, I mean, charm wears off over time if if we're really paying attention. And so just to be slow and steady and pay attention and love that no one's Mm -hmm. dying going 20 miles an hour you know in a car wreck it's just a little little bumps but if we're going 70 miles an hour people are going to get hurt yeah so that's good take your time ladies yes what i'm saying (laughs) right to help our single moms take time and to evaluate this you have created a course <laughs> not just to take time in dating but even for themselves like time is so important so you have a course called love you again yes is that right tell us a little bit more about that love you again is all about boundaries and it's based on an acronym strong i love okay. acronyms because when women take one of my courses i want them to remember oh what they learned, not just, right. oh, I took a boundaries course. <laughs> so it's a six-week course, and based on the acronym STRONG, it stands for they'll be able to spot manipulation, okay. recognize what all those red flags look like so that they can be aware. Because when you first meet someone, you're not really meeting that person. Yeah, You're meeting their personal representative. Yeah. Mm. You're meeting who they want you to think they are. So right. it takes you time to make sure that they're authentic. Okay. So spotting manipulation is the first week. Then the T stands for trusting your gut. Cause a lot of women, they discount their inner witness. They ignore it. They think, Oh, I'm being judgmental mm-hmm. or, Oh, they didn't really mean it that way. Or it's not that big of a deal. They minimize or compromise. Then the R stands for resolving conflict. The O stands for overcoming vulnerabilities, recognizing what what your own defense mechanisms are, but also the defense mechanisms of your partner. Because if you're trying to resolve a conflict and you step on their defense mechanisms, you're going to sabotage the outcome that you're hoping to achieve. So there's a lot of wisdom in conflict resolution. Knowing where we are vulnerable is really important so we can guard our heart in those areas as well as being mindful of our partners. The N stands for negotiate boundaries and the G stands for guard your heart. Wow. Strong. Those the strong. <laughs> that was a S T R O N G right. statement. I love that. And I you do had love said that. you were telling Pam and I that you on your website and we'll post this in the show notes, you have a free download. I do. If women go to my website at christyjohnson.org they can subscribe and I'll send them a free ebook called What the Bible Says About Emotional Abuse. Okay. You know, you won't find the word manipulation in the Bible. 
You won't find the word narcissist in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so I love it when psychology and the Bible, what does the Bible say about some of these terms? Because sometimes women feel guilty for setting boundaries or, you know, they don't understand what emotional abuse looks like. You don't have to have scars to prove you've been abused. Yes, I I do love that. You know, I want to add too. I don't know that we mentioned this, that I mean, that Christy is a soul health coach and she's an author. I want to mention real quickly, her two books are Love Junkies, Seven Steps to be, be to, um, Seven to, Steps for to Breaking the Toxic, toxic relationship. Relations. Thank Cycle. you so much. Yeah. So <laughs> Love Junkies. And, and by the way, I have that book and it's great. And the other one is um, Free Love. Free free looks good on you. Free looks good on you. Thank you so much. I, Pam, I are you struggling to read your own handwriting? Yes, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on strong. Strong. She's still processing yes, that. Yes, but that book, if I'm right, is about healing the soul wounds of toxic love. And it's you about bitterness. nailed it. I did. Right. And so anyway, so I, very good. So, but I did want you all to know that as you want to hear more and, and look into this topic. You know, Christy, this has been so informational today. I'm thinking of our single moms listening. Is there anything else you would like for them to know or anything you can tell them to encourage them before uh, we let them go? Hmm. Wow. That God loves them. And, you know, I love what the first and second commands, you know, everybody knows. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But the second commandment says, love the, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I think that's permission in God's word for us to love ourselves, because if we don't, we won't have the capacity to love others well either. But we, God's telling us, love yourself. It's important to allow God's love to invade our, invade your soul. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do love that. Mm. Well, I, I want to close by saying I think I can speak for us, Pam, that we don't think that boundaries are a good idea. We think they're imperative. Imperative. Mm -hmm. As a single mom, um, whether your kids are in your home watching you navigate relationships in life or not, um, that you owe this to yourself and um, that God has big plans for you and he's trying to work out his kingdom through you. And so we have to be wise. Um, So I want to close by reading this verse in Ephesians that I think just brings this all to another level of saying, this isn't just an option. This is something that we have to live out. And Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And I think Christy would insert there, have boundaries. (laughs) Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And if the Lord's will is for you to love the Lord and love other people as you love yourself, like we have to be wise. We have to have boundaries. So moms, that's our prayer for you, that you can surround yourself with people that hold you accountable in this, that show you a great way. Um, And you can lean into the Lord when you're not even sure where to start. So we are praying that over you today. Moms, be wise, have boundaries, and love yourself.